0: all right i have my first repeat guest with me james fuller strongman archaeology if you didn't check out the first episode it was the very first episode and you can circle back but it'll be fine if you haven't heard that one i'm sure um i guess there's really i mean just if people don't know you I mean, we don't need to give your whole backstory. So if you don't know anything about James and you want a a launching off point or something, um, feel free to circle back. But a lot of what you do, actually for a lot of the grappling people listening, has roots in strongman that was created by by a lot of wrestlers and a lot of things that were before the competition era of lifting, weightlifting, powerlifting, um, stuff that I guess late eighteen hundreds into early nineteen hundreds came more and more into fruition. Um, but I I think right off the bat, tell me a little bit about the 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 wrestling. We talked about it a little bit, but the idea of grappling and wrestling and strength and conditioning, the history of it a little bit. And just sort of, I think just recently you had somebody tell you that there was no merit in strength and conditioning when it comes to or strength training, when it comes to grappling. And that seems like a perfect place to start. If you had to just, you know, I I don't know if it's an easy place to begin, but I do want to talk about jujitsu and strength training right off the bat. And a lot of the roots there and also just this argument or this idea of how it wouldn't help you. So if somebody was to tell you that, hey, there's no merit or, or it's, it's not important to, to strength train for jiu-jitsu, what would, you, what would you tell them?
1: I would say, well, I hope you don't go up against someone stronger than you with the same technique and experience level because you're going to regret it. <laughs> it's that simple. Yes. <clears throat> Well, I don't know why strength is such a funny sell. It's still like this big denial. It's, it's like the thing. It's like we need a 12-step program for weakness because people just – because someone else contacted me today, another strength coach, about uh, how you know certain movements people try to do, but they don't want to do them heavy. And it's like they, they want the results without doing the, the heavy. They'll do everything else but do the heavy. They don't want to do the heavy weight. And, it, and it's just funny. It's like, no, and, it, and it's funny because it's like the Harley Davidson guys who like, if, if I have to explain it to you, you wouldn't understand, like you have to do it. You can't explain it. You have to do it to really be under that strain and, and to be intimidated by heavy weight. You got to do it to get that feeling, to understand it. And I don't know if it's the intimidation or if it's just sheer ignorance or both, but once you've learned what getting stronger is and you've once you've improved your strength, like really gone beyond a certain amount, like not just a little bit of strength training, once you've really pushed yourself for a while, you know, you kind of like, oh, I get why people don't want to do this. I get it. You know, it's hard work. You know, It's, it's, um, but it's, it's just something, it's just funny to me that we have such a blind spot or just such, such a denial about it because if I say if I, if I take your car and I bring it back next weekend and I tell you the engine is 10% stronger, is that better? Yes. If we tear down the bridge in our local town and build it back 15% stronger, is that better? Yes. So your elbows have been hurt and we should make those stronger, right? No, 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 I don't need that. I need you to do some stretching and take some aspirin. It's just very odd to me that we, just, we don't ever see strength as the answer when it comes to ourselves. We can see it in all kinds of things around us. But when it comes to ourselves, our performance, you know, like like I said earlier, like hearing someone say this week that uh, people doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu don't need brute force, and I, I I I couldn't believe that was said by a strength coach. I'm like, how do you how do you even say that? How do you even? Of course they need brute force. Do they just need brute force? Of course not. But I yeah if if you were 5% if you woke up tomorrow and you had a match and you were 5% stronger just magically 5% stronger in all all things wouldn't you have a much different match
0: yeah most definitely and so at some argument that you hear sometimes is people like to mention that it's not very common to literally go against somebody that is the same skill same experience True. But I think that they're not realizing that there are spe- there are very specific matchups. So one specific matchup would be if I'm trying to break your armbar grip with the same technique and I was stronger, wouldn't that then, you know, be right. be a better armbar break? Of, co- of course it would. Right. 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 You know, and and. The thing about it is if you're doing a sport like jujitsu, you're constantly trying to get stronger and learn how to work your body under some of the worst circumstances and somebody that's trying to make it more difficult for you, but you are in control of the means in which you progress and work and, and, and do all of that in strength training, and that is probably the most overlooked aspect of it. Because if we're too afraid to go to a place because we're we know we're weak and our opponents going to manipulate it, well, how do we ever plan on improving it in a real live grappling situation? But there's nothing you can't improve through the progressions of of strength training
1: what if you what if so let's say you're someone that 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 does tournaments and and you're known that a certain lock is is often done on you you just aren't very good at resisting it either due to technique or strength what if you got a lot stronger and you improve the technique on that and all of a sudden that thing you were known as being the thing that's your achilles heel no more and and people will bank on oh he's not going to work his weakness he's not going to fix what's wrong because a lot of people don't they keep just doing the same thing over and over right so it's like uh, was it charles poliquin had a had a wrestler that won the olympics and the girl she beat people considered unbeatable i believe was from japan and the girl from japan simply said she was stronger than me Technique was, you know, they're at the Olympic level. It's not about technique anymore. It's about making mistakes, usually, right?
2: Who, yeah. who
1: makes the least amount of mistakes? In this case, this this girl said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna get as strong as possible." Hired Charles Poliquin. Next thing you know, she's winning the Olympics because she was stronger. When everything else is equal at that stage, what's going to separate first from second place?
0: Yeah. Strength. It, I, I I like to bring up. It's like. What do the highest level grapplers look like? What are the best wrestlers in the Olympics? Do they look like people that don't strength train? I mean, do they look like people who, who have never thrown some weights around or done things that make you stronger, um, whether it's, uh, you know, through performance enhancing drugs or the weight room? They 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 all have ninety five percent. You can never say all. You can never say unique. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are exceptions yeah. to every rule, and there are alternative paths. But, but, but I, like when we had this conversation, and you asked me what I thought about not needing brute force for for jujitsu. My first thought was, well, you don't need it, I guess. But you don't need to do anything to be good at jujitsu. Right. You don't need to wrestle. Right. You don't right. need to know uh, arm bars. You don't need right. to know a lot of things to win a high level match. But right. if, if anything's good, so would this be good? If anything's recommended, so would this? And we get people who come in off the streets, like I would guarantee that if you stepped onto a grappling mat, even without being the the, the fan of the sport and studying it and and having the background knowledge, but but even if, let's just say you go against somebody who's never really trained, they have been a fan of the sport for for life, and all they are is just an average person who, you know, works a desk job and has never touched a weight, you would break them every which way to Sunday. I'm sure of it. Right. And we get people off the streets who are like that. I mean, I would honestly say that if somebody comes in off the street, we have a, a girl Her name's Angel, and she was a high-level weightlifter, um, very just pound for pound, super, super uh, powerful and explosive. And I mean, right off the streets, within like a few weeks of just getting used to what people try to do to you, having no background. She didn't watch the sport, really. She didn't know anything about what she was doing. Just having that experience. She came from a, a gymnastics sort of background into weightlifting. Just that experience, she, she was actually dominating some blue belts based off of that alone.
1: Right, right, yeah.
0: Think about yeah. that. It's that's, that's a whole belt level and dominating. Not only are you competing with them and as good, you're beating them. And you probably are giving some purple belts who are non-competitive a lot of problems. People who've maybe been training the sport four years, you train for six months, and the moves you learn, you're going to be able to apply and do on a four year person potentially. And the history is right. there. The, 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 the proof is in the pudding at the highest level. So, I mean, a lot of these movements. I mean, even something that, that you don't talk about as much, right? Like a, like a get-up, like a Turkish get-up. Like, why was that formulated? What was the origin of that?
1: You know, all well, the, the wrestlers, I think, liked the exercise to get the strength to get up off the floor, you know, yeah. to have one hand held overhead. I'm not sure if it was wrestlers that created it or adopted it from acrobatics, because acrobats okay. would that's how they would get each other up off the floor like pick someone up off the floor but i'm sure the wrestlers you know um that's why it's called a turkish get up was because of the uh, those those wrestlers adopted it but the old the old get up the original style is done a little bit differently it has a lot more upper body involvement whereas the what you normally see is is uh, not not as much upper body involved, involvement it's more active whereas what you see now is more um uh, just stabilizing, just holding the weight. And that's why they were able to do some ridiculous weights. you know, over 200 pounds or over body weight was common back in the old days with a, with a one hand get up. Yeah. But uh, how could that not help you? You know, I don't know. I don't know how it couldn't. And it's not like you need a bunch of fancy equipment to do it, just a barbell or a dumbbell or something, something you can load up really heavy, you know,
0: grip strength. I don't know. Grip strength. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I hate saying it because I don't, I don't train it like I used to and I don't progress right. it, but I mean, yeah, how much better would I be if I made some progressions on some good grip activities and it, you, anybody can do it. It's so simple to oh, do. Yeah.
1: yeah. And when you grip someone, if, if when somebody grips you, cause I've had, you know, fooling around friends of mine and when somebody grabs you and it feels like a vice is closing in on your, your forearm or whatever, it's just like it's just like a balloon deflating. And like, oh my god, what is he doing? You know, that's just,
0: yeah. You know what I
1: mean? When somebody can grab you and just it feels literally like a vice coming in on you. That's really that messes with you mentally. I think, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Or maybe I mean, I'm
1: just weak mentally, but. That-
0: <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, gripping is such a big part of the sport. When somebody grabs a hold of your wrist and you can't move. And you can't get away from it. How do you expect to beat them? How do you expect to beat somebody that can just grab a hold of you and you can't break their grip? You you know, oh and you went oh you went we for a second. Okay, our, you're good. Never mind. You're good. You're good.
1: Okay. Well, and grip is how we access our world, right? We grip everything. We touch the steering wheel, we flush the toilet, we pick up the bottle and drink the beer. We access our world through grip. So I mean, that's like the gateway to strength. And I've said that for years is grip. Grip is the gateway to strength. If you're going to get really strong, you got you to gotta, you know, have a really strong grip. You know?
0: What do you think about the people that, that do omit the strength training and want to think the patterns are enough or sort of, that's like the big thing. There's a they lot are. of that.
1: They are enough until they're not. They are enough until you're laid up with six months because of a popped tendon or dislocated joint because you couldn't hold it together or tore muscle. Unfortunately, if you got dehydrated and got pushed a little too far at the end of it, maybe not your first match, but how many matches the last time, how many matches did you do? Uh,
0: double double digit, double digit, pretty much right. every tournament, so, all day long. So, you
1: know? Right. So, you know, towards the end of the day, dehydrated, not only are you low on water, you're low possibly potentially on your electrolytes. Which is what helps the muscles contract. It's not just a word with many syllables, but electrolytes help the conductivity, help the electricity, uh, help your muscles contract. You know, and uh, I don't know. It's yeah, the moves are great. You know, as long as you're strong enough. People, people don't realize like, okay, so if if you're not training strength, you still have a base level of strength. You're not going in. Nobody goes in without any strength. But you're choosing to go in not optimal strength. Would you choose to go in without optimal mobility or optimal technique? Why would you not choose also to have optimal strength? Armors? Of course, do you train technique and forsake everything else? Say, screw the mobility, screw the strength? No. But, you know, you have to figure out how much mobility work can I do? How much technique work can I do? How much uh cardio work can i do how much strength work can i do but you're still going in with this you're just saying i'm strong enough when you don't train strength and you are until you get hurt until you meet start meeting people that beat you on a regular basis yeah so what do you do you know it, it's it's really an obvious dead end you know to me it is you know and i think once again i i just think so many people write off strength and it, it's weird because it's once you get strong once and and it i'm not talking just a few workouts like once you get to a place you're like wow i never thought i'd be this strong you know it's you start to understand how important it is you know
0: what do you think about sports like just i mean i i want to go stay on the the wrestling and grappling and mma type thing for a little bit but do you think that it is different because of the fact that we're grappling a human and it's so obviously a strength-based sport? What would your thoughts on something like baseball, soccer, those sorts of sports, how much strength training do you think, would they need less of it? Would they, would it, would it, there be a point of diminishing return quicker?
1: Not quicker. It's going to be like, um, like I remember Lance Armstrong saying he hadn't done a up in 10 or 15 years because he was afraid of adding any more upper body mass. Cause even if it's an ounce of mass, he's going to carry it all that way. Right. So I get, I get that. Okay. That, that makes sense. If you're a soccer player and I used to play, I played soccer all for high school. So yeah, I, I understand not wanting a lot of upper body mass to slow you down. So unless you're a goalie then you'd want to do a whole body routine but a soccer player probably won't need as much upper body work a grappler though you're using everything i mean you're going to need the neck bridges whether you like them or not you know you're going to need to be able to um, lock your legs to curl your legs man you're gonna to have to be strong in every way possible like just look up at anatomy book look at all the movement the human body can do. And that's what you're going to need to do as a grappler. You know? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you not do when you're grappling? You're using everything at your disposal. You know, if you grow an extra arm and use it to choke them out, you would, you know? Right.
0: Right. And, and so, as a grappler, you're trying to put them in the positions that they're not strong. You're trying to right. finagle a way to twist their spine, to, to turn, this, this way, and stretch this way and put as much leverage against them as possible. That uh there's really they're as weak as they possibly can be. I I use internal rotation control all the time when I'm grappling. So, and some people are strong when you torque them inwards. Some people have mobility. Some people, especially a lot of men, have none of it. So all of their strength goes out the window if their hip is torqued. All of their strength. Now, now I would imagine it would be less effective on somebody with a good, you know, a balanced sort of routine, I I would imagine that it wouldn't stop you dead in your tracks the same way it would stop somebody who didn't have any familiarity or idea or the other thing is the style of strength training that you that you do if people don't know, it is about full expression of your capability. So I mean, yeah, you can't force range of motion that you don't have. And it's not all about range of motion, but you're utilizing pretty much, pretty much any way a grappler would would manipulate you. You're using weight to put you in those positions and be strong out of them. Once you get a yeah. couple hundred pounds, a few hundred pounds on a lift, you know, how could a grappler against your will? really puts you in those positions that you're putting yourself in. So even if you're weak, even if you're doing a movement and strengthening in a position that it's not ideal to work from that position, you're doing it with enough weight where you're strong there and maybe strong enough to get back to where you want to be, you know, that nice kind of power position. Because there is kind of that home base. Maybe it's like sort of a hang clean, that football position. I mean, it all depends on what you're doing, but there is yeah. like a home base of strength. That's actually an argument that people like to use against improving their mobility and improving strength and range of motion is they, they think that they don't wanna bend themselves like a pretzel because they think that they're gonna be weaker there. But you're, you're, you're gonna be put there against your will If somebody's that sort of grappler, especially in like wrestling.
1: Well, and you are going to be weaker. You know why you're going to be weaker? Because you don't train it because you don't (laughs) use it because you're unfamiliar. You're unfamiliar with it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You are because so the answer is I'm not going to do it. That's not how you fix it. Start doing it to fix it. Become familiar. Let it become second nature. Let it become. Oh, you want to do this? I love doing these. Let me show you how, uh, how good I am, Adam. You know? Yeah. You start, you know, uh, like if I came in, because I, I haven't rolled ever, aside from with kids wrestling and stuff, but if I came in, give me a few months, I'm going to figure out what everyone doesn't like to do, and I'm going to use some variation of something I do in my training and use it again. I'm going to pick apart every person I come across. Yeah, I'm going to see the stuff they avoid. And I'm going to use it against them. That's what I'm going
0: to do. And, and that's a good, that's, I'm a a, dick. that's a really good thing. So you, you said you're familiar with all these patterns. You're familiar with all these lifts. You could literally incorporate lifts that, you know, into your jujitsu expression immediately. I was the, the person I said mentioned that that knew some Olympic lifting the, the girl angel. I showed her a video of somebody doing a drop single leg. So this will make sense. You're, you're grappling somebody. You don't penetrate forward. You don't try to drive in like, like a traditional wrestler. You quite literally go into a split stance. It's a split single. You change levels by dropping down. Well, what did she do? She was a a weightlifter. So she was very familiar with just getting underweight like a jerk, like a clean. I said, change your levels as if you're getting underweight for weightlifting. And boom, she was hitting this this split position just like a weightlifter. Like what, what, of course, but you're not gonna learn that through training it against somebody who is a wrestler or somebody that's trying to wrestle you. You're not gonna have the balls to do it. It's going to be scary so you learn it on your own terms with your own weight right
1: Right. yeah and the weight that you so when you use a weight you're choosing how fast it moves it's not trying to squirrel out of your hand like someone's squirming away from you so the weight is a controlled setting right right versus if you're grappling someone it's not a controlled setting unless you're intending if it's a training partner and you're intending on a certain style of practice of course but with weight you can choose how much resistance it is how fast how slow how far it tort you can say okay i'm going to see how far i can move this way how much i can take okay you can totally control the environment it's a great way to experiment and find out how far you can take something how far do you need to go how much do i need to improve on this and it's it's interesting, like a woman I, I dealt with recently with buying a vehicle. Um, she was much into, as much into yoga as I've been into strength training. And she's rife with injuries from yoga. And it's because she pursued too much one side of yoga. Just like I know people that have been injured from getting strong, from pursuing too much of just being strong and stiff, thinking stiffness is strength just like she thought looseness was strength you know what i mean yeah so the extremes of either one versus remembering balance yin yang you know yin yang and um you you just you can't the more you try to run from it you run into it it's so funny you know the more you run into strength trying to ignore mobility you're going to keep running into mobility issues and you're going to have to run into some mobility training the more you just try to be loosey-goosey without any strength without any, uh, appreciating and, and attending to your strength you're going to keep running into problems until you get stronger and it, it's just it's as simple as that you know yeah stevie wonder can see that this, this is true
0: you know? yeah 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 for sure and and that's so that that is interesting. And and balance is probably one of the best principles to look for in in life, in any training protocol. Sure. When you're building a strength program, do you think it's more important to prioritize specificity? Like, where do you draw the line between specificity for a sport? Like, you're not putting yourself in a Kimura position and just you know doing a strength lift specifically based off of that to improve the shoulder strength that you'll eventually get to be able to maybe power be comfortable out of these positions where do you where do you draw the line and then the other thing would be how important is it to do things that balance out the sport like laws of opposites the yin and the yang sort of thing so that's like two different things that people should probably consider when they when they train but let's just go first Let's talk about specificity. You know. Um,
1: that is something that it would have to be something we would suss out together if I was working with your training and we found something really particular in what you were doing on the mat that you needed. But that would be after we had done a lot of basic foundation work first. Right. Like, I, I, before I get to the sport, I get to the life that they the person because most of us are on our phones we're hunched over so I'm gonna work on and we're either right-handed or left-handed so before we even consider this the athlete themselves I'm gonna look at the person chances are they're gonna need to get some stuff pulled back chances are they're gonna be more torqued and pulled forward because of one dominant side let's balance that out then we can work on going into more basic or going into basic stuff to help what they're doing basic strength but it's going to be pretty pretty much the same for most all-around body sports you know Uh, such as swimming swimming uses your whole body so i'm going to have them get strong in a very similar program as i would with a grappler because they're going to need to be strong all over
0: Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does for sure. Yeah. And then if they're weak in general, making them strong specifically might, might, right. n- it, it might be, you know, not nearly as beneficial and it might not be what they really need. You know, you might want be winding up in these bad positions just because you're generally weak. So, so improving general strength obviously sounds like a good. First goal, and then of course, if you're dealing with specific issues, then you might right. develop a lift that can progress you on those specific issues. And do, and do who knows if if we let's say we correct
1: this left to right balance. Let's we'll say you're really off one side. A lot of times, that will clear up an issue that you might have needed specific work for previously. Yeah. sometimes you were putting a band-aid on something that needed to be operated on so now we've gone in and operated so to speak fix the 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 root cause that's why you always start with well let's balance the the left the right let's balance the posture let's get the posture where it should be and then we'll see it's like doing it doing a tune-up on a car you can put a supercharger on a car but if the car runs like crap and it isn't tuned very well it's not going to matter as much it's not going to show up as much
0: exactly get the
1: tune-up done get it basically running, then put your supercharger and nitrous on there, put your headers on there. Now it's really going to come alive. Now it's just like trying to out supplement a bad diet. You know, it's the same idea to me, you know, get a good diet first, then worry about yourself.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Let's, let's go down the left to right thing for a little, because you, you touched on it a little bit last time, but I know, you know, a lot of, general you know i guess it's not is i don't know how always the same is it going to be that if somebody's right-handed versus left-handed there if somebody's right-handed what things would they sort of kind of expect to be different right to left side outside of just sheer strength like tightness in areas um oh yeah tightness coordination speed um you can easily
1: become a hot mess when you try to do something with your non-dominant side. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. How, how how random is it? As far as like, I think we've talked about the idea that one chest might be tighter than the other one lat might be tighter than the other. What are, what are some like norms? What are some rules of thumb there?
1: Uh, It's really going to show up in rotation, uh, rotating the spine. And it's going to show up in uh, like side bend type movements it's really going to show up you're going to notice a big difference you know definitely and uh, like when i'm doing split snatches uh yeah that's that's really telling right there when you're doing split snatches how fast you can get the feet to to move and then you switch directions with the feet it's it it can be kind of funny at times because you're like it feels like a different body i'm so used to leading with my right foot if you're right-footed, you know, if you're right-handed, right-dominant, you're going to always lead with your right whenever you jump or run. Now I'm saying, okay, let's do the left. It just feels like a foreign body, you know, no coordination, no speed, no timing, you know, no strength or relatively no strength. You know what I'm saying? Even today, like I, I can do stuff with my right side and I'll still get more reps with my right side than I will with my left, you know? So I try not to let the right side go too far ahead. You know, maybe only a couple of reps. There's no point in letting this get five more reps to my left. There's no point at all. Yeah. So you just have to be strict with yourself about
0: it. Um, Do you think that covers a large percentage, maybe not a large percentage, but is that a, is that a damn good place to start with chronic pain left to right imbalances? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To me, it's the most, between left to right imbalances and and uh, not being able to pick up weights from behind the body because then that requires you to be open and pulled back Mm. you know yeah it's easy to pick up something in front of you because we're right there you know so uh, learning to pick up things behind you doing a hack lift, doing a kelly snatch doing an arthur lift and so on Um, along with balancing out your left to right it's it's like well what i'm just listen i'm not that Smart. All I'm doing is saying, "Hey, what do we do every day? We do stuff in here and closed in, and we're like this. What's the opposite of that? <laughs> doing stuff that's behind us, right? Uh, what Does we, a what back we squat count,
0: count? Does a back squat count?
1: I would count it if you were talking a Steinborn lift or a Continental squat, because then you're developing the coordination and the the um, uh, kinetic ability. You're you're developing an awareness of getting something manipulated and putting it on your back, picking it up off a squat rack really doesn't require a lot of athleticism right. or me- mental awareness. But, and that's the thing that maybe, maybe we haven't mentioned since last time, but uh, when we're talking strength training, I'm talking no, no other equipment, nothing. You earn the weight you use. So if you're going to use 300 pounds on your squat, I will train people to either pick up the bar Via a Steinborn lift or a continental squat. The continental squat is where you pick the bar up from behind your feet, hop it up your, pop it up over your hips, hop it up your back, get it to your shoulders and squat. Steinborn lift is where you pick up one end, get under it, rock it onto your shoulders, now squat. That's a totally different scenario. It requires a lot more body awareness and coordination, athleticism. Uh, than just picking it up off a rack so but you're guaranteed to never use more weight than you should it's self-limited no one just loads up four plates on a steinborn lift on a bar and then says i'm gonna i'm gonna fool around with four plates on a steinborn lift no one does that not unless i've been training for a while right know. but it's so it's inherently safe it requires more range of motion like behind the neck presses i hop the bar off the back like i'm going to do an arc lift for all my behind the neck presses so by doing that, it's not metabolically taxing. It's not taxing my my muscles to any extent. It's going to affect my behind-the-neck pressing. But I'm opening my shoulders. I'm keeping my shoulders open. I'm warming them up versus always picking it up off the rack. So I'm, I'm getting more bang for my buck. I'm getting mobility and strength work at the same time. The old-time strongman, you you either, if you did if you skipped one, you skipped both. <laughs> you can't. You know, right, right. People, people, what do they do all the time? They ditch the stretching and mobility work, and go hit the weights because it's fun. Yeah, with this, it's just a barbell, a couple of dumbbells, that's it.
0: And and it's kind of funny how these movements that that prepare you to be able to squat to get the bar in the rack, they do cover a lot of bases that the movement does not cover. You know, that squat, that single that single plane of energy you know everything's nice and aligned ideal but when you steinborn a lift that is a lot of it might even be more recruitment than a than a squat if you if you steinborn it into a low position and squat it up that lift itself is far more dynamic and probably has a ton of carryover to the grappling you know Maybe well,
3: more.
1: what if you were steinboarding 400 pounds and i i alternate which side i pick it up from so which side rocks it over each set so let's say let's say you were now steinboarding on a regular basis 400 pounds you're going to be pretty hard to come after from a side angle i mean you're going to have a lot of strength to resist a 400 pound barbell and mentally not only what it does for you physically but knowing in your head i played with 400 pounds I tip it up, I pick it up one end off the, off the ground and I tip it onto my back on a regular basis. I mean, that's some, hey dad, that's some, uh, that's some great, uh, that's, that's a great little bit of information to have in your head, knowing you can move your body versus the person who, good for them, squatting 400 out of a rack, but they don't have the edge you have. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, and I would imagine the, the not only, does it make you stronger in a way the injury prevention of doing a movement like that and getting good regularly at a movement like that is probably pretty high considering the nature of the of the lift they definitely injury prevention is huge there yeah and
1: so when you're when you're doing these lifts whether it's a pullover and press which is where the bench press came from but a pullover and press so if something happens you just put it back down because you pulled it over into position in the first place so if something happens fine you put it back down where you pulled it over from there's no uprights in the way you don't need someone to spot you um lifts like that because they're safer uh they are safer because you're not able to load it up heavier than than what you're going to actually do the only way i'm going to pull over i'm going to press 315 three plates I got to pull it over first. So I have to earn that ability. I have to earn that right to be able to press 315. Yeah. And so, because you don't make these stupid jumps, you're using the weight you should be using because you won't be able to use more. And if you're using the weight, you're supposed to be using, you should be getting the range of motion you're supposed to be getting, and you should be getting the reps you programmed into the program. It's, kind of like it's self-limiting or self-correcting if you want it's like a governor it doesn't allow the engine to go beyond a certain amount of rpm and blow the motor
0: you know so if i'm strong on benching and i'm strong on squatting i'm strong on you know behind the neck presses but i'm weak as hell and and very incapable of say steinborning if for whatever reason, pullovers are, are extremely weak. This is a lot of people who are strong on these lifts. If you went up to the average power lifter, lifter, and you said, all right, this is how you're going to get the weight up. Probably one of the most, the biggest deterrence is, well, I'm so weak. I'm not just going to start doing all of my bench presses at 65 pounds, but there's honestly a chance that somebody who's never done this might have trouble getting much more than 65 pounds in a pullover even though they're benching 300 pounds, right? Is that fair to say? Because that's what I deal with. You know, I I deal with a little bit of that because that's the part of it that I haven't fully adapted to. And let's just say if somebody's out, how would you, what would you recommend them do?
1: Well, I would do two pullover workouts for every one bench workout. Okay. Just double it up, get it caught up.
0: Would you you do the Steinborn lift as a lift?
1: Well you can if you wanna well actually I guess the same thing could be done for pullover and press if you you could do yeah so do you could do two pullover workouts for every one press workout bench press workout but on your bench press day you could do pullover and press and try to work up heavier you know what I mean and then over time your pullover and press weight is gonna get pretty close to your bench and you can so, do the same so thing with a saying... Steinborn lift. You could warm up with Steinborn lifts. Let's say 60% of what you're, let's say you're going to work out with 400 pounds today on squats. So let's say you work up to 240 on your Steinborns. 60% of what you're working out with today is 400, 60% is 240. Next time you come in, you say, oh, maybe, maybe I'll go 65%, you know, and just creep up over the time if you're worried about losing strength, you know.
0: Yes. So so the idea maybe would be if I was going to bench press even on top of the fact that I'm probably going to be programming these movements on their own or doing pullover work or or whatever, like you're saying, I just would take the the, the pullover and press as far as I could before I handed the the baton over to the press out of the rack, or maybe right. you know, clean it to the lap and hike it up however way you want right. but but you would just do it to the point where you needed to switch and then maybe even know that this imbalance is not good this this fact that you can press so much but can't even do a pullover at 25% is probably why your shoulders and elbows are are hurt all the damn time and you're not you're not focusing on your weaknesses enough it's a glaring weakness and
1: there, there are folks that have done double bodyweight pullover and press work. So.
2: Yeah, that the uh,
1: friend of friend of Bill Pearl, uh, Ian Buster McShane from Ireland. Bill okay. said it freaked him out to see it, but um, he was hitting a four fifty pullover and press at one sixty five weight. Mm. You know, and then the other option is you can do them on the floor. So. When you do a pullover and press on the floor, the pullover has got the advantage. The press doesn't. Even though it's shorter, shorter stroke for most of us, you can really pull over a lot of weight on the floor. A
0: lot of weight. Well, I'm still I'm this, still fucking weak there, dude. And it frustrates me. And I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. But Send me a video. I we'll can't. go over with it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go over it. We'll go over <laughs> it. There's, there's some things,
1: you know, uh there's, there's some things we can work around and look at but it you can use this stuff as a warm up and then go on to your regular stuff um, but if you're gonna want you're gonna want I would I would recommend if you're gonna be grappling, I would try to get to the point of just focusing on pullover and press should be the goal. Yeah um, and getting to Steinborns or continental squats with at least one and a half times body weight um and for reference you know if people care about this sort of thing but if you look at like i think they were looking at olympic level uh runners and sprinters and it was common for them to squat three times body weight for triples i think that's relatively common at that stage so i'm not of course not saying to do that so but you know imagine any of you if you get up to you know doing double body weight on your Steinborn lifts, being able to take double your body weight on a bar, tip up one end, scoot under it, and then squat it. You know, that would be a game changer. You know, yeah. think think about that. What if you what if you ran into someone that could do that and they could pull over and press one and a half times body weight and Arthur lift one and a half times body weight. They're strong and mobile and they're not scared because it's one thing to have like when someone puts you into a into real torque extreme position versus you've done one and a half to two times your own body weight in some of these positions, you're never going to be scared of getting pushed around, pulled around into any weird position ever again. You're never going to care. You'll be like, ah, pff, this is nothing. I've had workouts harder than this, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is, this is a big principle of, of, how strength training is is so confidence boosting is that your opponents stay the same, relatively the same strength, the same amount of endurance to make it through a match, the same sort of stress on your body, but the weight can get three times, four times. I mean, shit, if you're super weak on a movement, you can improve your strength on a movement by five times, very, very commonly. Your starting point. You can, if you are weak, and for whatever reason, not good at something, it's not unheard of to get five times. But let's just say three times stronger on something. Two times. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that is very common, and and your opponents never. It's not that they don't get stronger, but 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 the point is that the total median or or, or whatever your opponents are still going to be the same weight. You're still grappling generally the same weight of an opponent who can produce the same amount of uh, force maximally in, in general. Definitely not nearly. They they're. It's not like you're going to go against people that are s- stronger to the point where or weigh three four times the amount, which is what you're going to deal with 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 right. weight. And this is another thing that um, some people don't realize is just because you're bigger and stronger doesn't mean that you gas out quicker as long as you are efficient. So what used to be 90% of my resistance, if I'm stronger, I now only need 60, 50% resistance. Right. And and I prove this, this is one thing, anybody who's ever rolled with me or, or competed against me, anybody who's ever trained with me that is efficiency to the max, despite being strong. As I don't gas myself out, I try to use my strength to just out my out my opponent's strength. I I don't use yeah. too much, not excessive. Right. That's always been a weird argument to
1: me because I've heard that before, and I I remember this powerlifter in uh, in a magazine a while back, and he was uh, did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I think he was a black belt, and he talked about. He had like a 2,600 pound total in powerlifting. And he talked about how he never uses his strength when he's grappling. And I'm like, that has to be the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, why Why would you not? And he And he talked about, I think he also talked about how it can wear you out quicker or something. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you're trying to show off, if you're trying to like, beat someone up on the mat and show off or something yeah but i i don't use technique i don't need to use right now to show off i don't use a move i don't need to use right now just to show oh i can do this did you know i can do this no same thing with strength you you're only going to use what you need to use at that moment right why would you use more than that why why would you keep trying to out muscle someone or outstrength someone if you don't need to that's just ignorance I don't know why. I don't know. It's just such a weird argument to me, though, because I've heard that before about that you'll gas out sooner if you know. And I'm like, no, use your strength when you need it, and they'll be tapping in no time, and you're 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 off taking a break, having some water and chilling out because the yeah. you know the the match is over.
0: And maybe you weren't as strong. Maybe you weren't as strong as you thought you were in what we are doing. If you're getting that damn tired and and exhausted, because that that's another yeah. thing. Not everybody who's strong on a, on a bench press or even on a squat or, or whatever, not right, all of right. them are going to be strong everywhere a grappling match goes. So the dynamics in which you improve strength and recommend improving strength, it, for, for the average person to watch it, I would definitely say it looks like a mixture of like strength training, blue collar sort of strength, And, and almost like a yogic sort of approach. It does remind me of all of those combined. Well, it's
1: it's interesting because it it is all those things, obviously, but I I can't imagine. It's just funny when people talk, it's like, okay, you must have only talked and maybe heard others talk because you've obviously not done anything because you're saying these things that tell me you just want to pop the top of their head and see if the hamster is still running around on the wheel or not. You know what I mean? They say some <laughs> yeah. stuff it just And how can you like if you wrestled as a kid, you you fully understand you need to be strong. Like how can you go to a match? Because I've been to grappling matches. I've been watching UFC UFC one. Uh, you know I've been watching a whole bunch of them for like the first back when the Gracie's owned it I was watching a lot of UFC um, and I'm in love with it and I don't know how you could watch that and think you wouldn't have as part of your arsenal being as strong as you need to be in the places that you're weak I don't know why you would think that how could you think that no no I'm strong enough really you really think you're strong enough you think you're not just going to bump into someone who might be able to out torque you or out-pull you in a certain position? You really think that? I mean, it's possible, but, wow, that's that's quite a good headspace to be in, or not.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: I don't know how you could think that strength, brute force doesn't matter. It's like, man, it's just crazy. It's, I don't know. It's just really bizarre to me. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, and and what's awesome about strength training is you never – run out of an obvious way to improve. You can always add more weight on something. And if you ever stop adding weight on a movement, you can find a movement that you're weak enough on to increase the weight on. So when I look at these people that just do these mechanical drills, like once you can do that drill, what good does it do you to continue doing that drill? At that point, you're just stagnant. What are right. you adapting to? What What are you improving? Right. So it's obvious that you're improving something when you strength train. I mean, you're you're. There's so much adaptation. There's so much change. It is it is just so obvious that you're right. The only people that talk against it either didn't do it or they didn't do it well. They didn't do it with good yeah, fundamentals. Well, yeah, and then
1: if you think about it, like. So if my technique isn't the way it should be, when I'm training, I have to be over strong. So let's say snatching 200 pounds and my technique, I'm not fixing my technique. So I have to, I have to have 225 pounds worth of snatch to be able to express just 200 pounds on that snatch because my technique is so poor. I'm not able to put all the energy exactly where it belongs. But imagine if you're a grappler and you get stronger, you can use that strength to express your technique better more efficiently, right? Yes. If you've got a poor technique, sometimes it's practice. But I think like weightlifters, they kind of like try to out-practice themselves out of a technique problem. It's like, no, it's a a weakness. You need to fix the weakness. You can practice snatches all day long. You're gonna keep breaking down in the same damn part of the movement. That's where you need the extra strength. So keep repeating it all you want. Keep trying to drill in your head. I need to do this at this time and it keeps failing. Why? because you don't have the strength at that moment that you need. So like I said, I might be talking crap, but to me, if you have more strength, you can more efficiently apply your technique that you're trying to use on someone.
0: I don't, in, in, in what sport that is physical, does it not apply? Well, I don't understand. People just like, I think it's this martial arts purism. And it honestly is rooted in a lot of martial arts where they don't even practice their sport, you know, where they just like punch and kick in front of a mirror and essentially do dance. That looks like fighting like, like Corey, you know, Kata based martial arts. Um, And then I understand that maybe not everybody thinks they're going to punch and kick Harder, Although you do clearly, I mean, look at the most powerful punchers in the history of of boxing. If they didn't have the like longest arms in the history of the world, where there's just so much leverage, they were built like Mike Tyson. And in the UFC, we have Francis Ngannou. And guess what? Francis Ngannou is not as good of an MMA fighter as a lot of people that he beats in about 30 seconds you know yeah. bob sap when you watch pride remember when, there was actually a time you know bob sap is a good example so if people and and this actually is nice because it in, includes striking bob sap has wins in k1 kickboxing i don't want to missay who it is but one of the best kickboxers of his time and bef- but bob sap eventually flopped very easily he fell over the second he got hit and he you know didn't yeah. want to fight yeah. But he had a period of time where he gave Noguera one of the toughest fights ever. It's like one of the most historic fights ever is, is uh, Rodrigo Nogueira versus um, Bob Sapp. And then the guy actually won kickboxing matches against another strong guy. Why? Because he's strong as shit and his strikes hurt. It's yeah. so, yeah. so obvious. And yeah. I, I think, too... Look. Go ahead, go What are you gonna say? Well, I was just saying if you're if you're
1: bull strong compared to your opponent and you're a technician, and not just as in you understand your technique, but you understand their technique, the person you're going up against. You can see their weaknesses, game over for that person. They're screwed. You know, yeah. being able to pick apart what someone's weaknesses are, and you've made sure yours is as strong as possible. Yeah, so your weakest link. The weakest part is much stronger than their weakest part, than their strongest part. You don't want someone who's analytical and can pick you apart. You don't have to be strong when you can pick someone's technique apart. Right. When you can see their weaknesses from a mile away. But if you are strong, it's going to be a lot harder to stay injured, use less injur- en- energy getting the job done. It's like they talk about with motors like, yeah, you could have a 350 and that's great. But if you get a 400, people are like, well, I don't need a 400 motor. No, you don't. But which one cruises through the day and never gets stressed out—the 400 motor versus the 350? You know, it's just that simple. You know, I don't know. Sometimes, do you ever think? So, let me ask you. Let me interview you for a minute because uh-huh. this is what I'm finding. I think people will do just about anything and tell themselves anything and convince themselves anything to get out of the work.
0: Yeah. I, uh... I I think you're right. I think they would much rather look another route and nobody likes looking at their own weakness. So if they can, if, if they can not feel weak at something, you know, if they can blame their thyroid instead of their Ben and Jerry's every night, or if they can blame their knee problems as instead of blaming their, their lack of desire to squat, you know, People love, well, love to get themselves off the hook in that regard. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's. – I'll never forget. I almost tore the steering wheel off my car after a strong meet. Oh, really? I was so angry because I didn't do as well, well as I thought. Guy. And I did everything I could to come as prepared for that meet as I could. And it's like, you're not working hard enough, pal. You thought you were. Well, you're wrong. So is it because you're lying to yourself or you're just – are you not comprehending how much work is involved? So what do you want to do? Do you want to get better? or Do you want to just quit? You know, what are you going to do? Go find something else to do? You know, you just got to be honest with yourself. And if you want to be good. You're going to have to do things that good people do. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, but the thing about like one of my idols is George St. Pierre. I love GSP. He does whatever it takes to be better. It's like, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. He'll do it every time. Every time that guy shows up better. It's like, what a breath of fresh air. He admits it. He embraces it. It's, and to me, instead of running away, I'm like thanking God. Thank you for showing me. Thank you for letting me see what I need. Because I know that if I deal with this, I'm going to get better. I don't have to guess. It's right there in front of me. There's no need for frustration. What's well, so there to be
0: frustrated about? The answer's there. Do the work. All done. That's yeah, it, you know. So. It, it, it's re, it's really crazy, man. And um I'll tell you, so I've been doing a lot, I've been getting back to my strength training, and and something that's so funny that you forget is that once you're used to working out, you can do so much more because you Are adapted to doing workloads so workloads don't stress you as much as they used to. And that is a bizarre phenomenon is that people who work out, despite the fact that it requires energy and is more workload, technically, they actually can still do more outside of their weight training than somebody who doesn't. Everybody thinks that it's this just linear amount of uh, energy output. But, but once you've adapted to certain things, life doesn't stress you the same way. So you're able to do more because it's not as much work for you. It's that like, it's a little bit of a paradox in a way, but this is an easy analogy that, that you probably would agree with. I mean, if the average person went out and tried running three miles a day for a week and they've never ran their body is going to feel like shit and everything that they do is going to be tougher. Now, if somebody went to do that, who was training for a marathon, that's like less mileage. That's like, that's like a deload week. That's like the easiest thing in the world. Recovery. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing. So, so for instance, if your sport is, wear and tear on your muscles, if it is, you know, bicep curling away from things, if It is squeezing in your groin, if it is kicking out and away from you and, and bear hugging and squeezing people, if it is these things, if it's somebody trying to yank down on your head and you, you know, using neck muscles and back muscles to resist that, and you are stronger, wouldn't it make sense that you could do more of that? So I've noticed how much more I can train.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's pretty interesting what what winds up destroying you in the beginning becomes a warm-up later on. It's real simple. You just adapt to it. It's really simple. So you either you either want to find excuses or solutions. It really comes down to that. You know. Yeah. How bad do you want it? You know, it's just because people aren't comfortable to say. I'm happy with the level I'm at and I don't want to do anything else. I would respect people that say that. But when people try to lie about, oh, is it's, it's strength training bad for you or it does this to you? No, it doesn't, not necessarily. You know, it's like when people say that running is bad for your lifting and lifting is bad for your running. Just say you don't like it. Don't say it's bad for it because that's misleading a lot of people that listen to you. You know, you don't like running? Just say, I don't like running and I won't do it. Fine, I respect that. Because not only are, when you say those things, not only are you lying to yourself, you're lying to the people you talk to, and I think we have enough
0: misinformation at this world The only thing you could say is that you don't literally need it, and that's very loose, but to say that it doesn't help or it likely wouldn't right. help or anything right. anything more than you don't quote unquote need it, which what do you really need right, right? like right. like right. What what the hell do you need? You definitely don't need the supplements you shove in your mouth. You definitely don't need a lot of things that people, you know, do. So if you need anything, you need this, but you don't need anything. So you don't need it essentially. It's like the it's so yeah, you don't need to grapple. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to. You don't need to, you don't even at this point in in life, you hardly need to walk. (laughs) You know? So what is what is the uh, what is this training done since the last time we talked? What have you noticed? I will tell you that all of the little chronic acute injuries or things that I sort of put put to the side, I've been able to address and make my problems a little bit more general. So we have specifically worked on a couple nagging things that, that whether it was nerve related injury related, something I had ignored over time. My, my elbow was giving me problems where I wasn't the elbow joint. I wasn't able to really flex my tricep much. My shoulders felt weird. I'd say doing pull-ups, I was experiencing elbow pain. And uh, that's, that's, it's not completely gone away, but it's pretty much gone away. I mean, I'm doing pull-ups without any sort of pain and I'm able to flex my tricep and that, and that is good. I was experiencing knee issues. Um, my left knee, I had a Baker's cyst. I guess I probably got leg locked a couple of times and stuff popped and I got injured and I hadn't really ever fully rehabbed from that. Um, not, not with strength. So, and this is something interesting to talk about, too, because I have gone down the rabbit hole of kneeling lifts since yeah. realizing that these kneeling movements and, and working your hip joint while standing on your knees or doing these upper body movements, it really has helped my posture a lot. It's helped my spine a lot. It's but More than anything, I think it's kind of centering and helping my hips. And then to do these full range of motions where you do something like a kneeling squat, where you're standing up on your knees and then you sit back to your your heels and come back up. Well, that was something that was giving me problems in yoga. I don't know if you know what a child's pose is, but my hips just couldn't really sink down to my heels in a child's pose. We've talked about hero's pose, which is essentially the bottom of a kneeling squat. My left knee was very asymmetrical to my right knee that is going away i don't notice any asymmetries in range of motion left to right and right. this the baker's cyst that i had is gone there's no like it doesn't feel like there's more fluid in the back of my left knee than my right knee mm-hmm. leg locks so go ahead get
1: more move well i was just saying probably more movement than you've been doing affecting that area it's probably helped stuff drain and shift out and move and circulate yeah. Yeah,
0: now now this is it's important to point out. I had been doing yoga, you know, I mean damn near a, a, five classes a week probably, five, anywhere from four to seven classes a week I was doing. And and you know all sorts. I wasn't just doing one style, hot yoga, yin yoga, restorative yoga, um, warm all every style they pretty much offer, I was doing. and I was doing it very dutifully, my own home practice, warm up stuff. And I do jujitsu, but still my knee couldn't bend like it's able to bend after doing, what, a, I mean, a couple months of, of focused strength training for it, focused, you know, lifts. So the, the split hand push and the kneeling squats, I think helped a lot. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny because with old time strongman movement. We're not saying give up on strength. We're not saying give up on mobility. We're saying, hey, let's bring them together and let them work together. You know, when you're doing yoga, yoga is great. But the thing is, the only the only resistance is your body weight against gravity, right? So, with grappling, your resistance is whatever someone pulls on, you, which is very inconsistent from person to person. You know, so the the weights give you a consistent way of getting you more mobile and getting you stronger. And I'm just saying this for people that may may still be on the fence as to whether or not they need strength work for their grapple. And I'm not saying just regular powerlifting at all. I'm not saying weightlifting fucking old-time strongman, which requires so much more movement. Yeah. Now, the kneeling work you do, do you do any kneeling and uh,
0: grappling at all? Exactly. Wind up on your knee? <laughs> exactly. And that's what I've really noticed lately. So at first I noticed all of the things like the split hand push, th- different movements I was doing clearly made my leg lock strength so much better. My, my knee strength, being able to stay in a bent or an extended position and not let somebody manipulate my legs. I went from feeling weak in leg lock positions and not liking training it to falling in love with training leg lock training, you know? So it's gone, we've been focusing on a lot of leg lock work lately and it's gone so hand in hand with my strength stuff and I feel great with it like never before. And yeah, so in top half guard, when you're, when you're passing and when somebody has their legs wrapped around one of your legs, I mean, you pretty much play that position kneeling. So. If you're used to being on your knees and 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 dynamic, and I was telling you, I I then what did I do? I take some of the things that 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 we've went over, and then I've just started experimenting with my own stuff because that's sort of the nature of the old time strongman sort of thing. Is you have your goals, you have your sport, you have your own mind, your own expression, and next thing you know, I'm doing all these walking around with weights on my knees and getting dynamic and. Then it's sort of connecting the dots with the strength that I have developed from the movements over to what I'm going to do in my sport. Well, if you're going to do footwork right. drills, why not do knee work drills? Why right. not make right. them weighted? If, if weighted carries is such a good thing, if that helps people, that's like one of the most obviously beneficial things for anybody. That like right. farm boy, typical strength, wheelbarrow strength. Nobody can argue against that. You, you, you carry a heavy weight around your back, like a backpack, like rocking or whatever. All that stuff is so obviously an improvement to somebody's strength. And it's actually very calculable. They've done a lot of studies on it. A lot of smart strength coaches just advise, even if you can't explain why it makes you better at your sport, it does. Right. But so. Yeah, go ahead. You, well, now that you're feeling um, with that
1: Baker's just gone. Uh, you probably feel more balance, stability between left and right
0: legs. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So, before you probably had one leg taking a little more of the work from the other leg, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and this is for the this is for the listeners. Yeah. But so, when you correct something like that, so now you've got both legs. Now you can take the full strength of both legs, rather than one carrying the other one, now both legs can contribute fully to the match, fully to what you're doing. And how many years did you just add to that knee joint that was taking the extra work when it didn't happen? Yeah. There's there's long term to this stuff. Be in it for the long haul. See, not just today, but see down the road. So like the work you're doing now, if you're, if you're fixing stuff like uh, that uh, Raider chess pull I introduced you to, yeah. all these things that are helping you out, they're helping correct and uh, or at least put them in a place that you understand them better and you have a better relationship with them, is that not going to improve the quality of not just your life, but improve, improve the quality of your grappling and it's going to extend the, your grappling career? It's going to make it harder for you to get injured? You know, these are these are all positives, right? We're talking positives. So I don't know. It just it's a no-brainer to me that what's getting stronger, getting stronger in in as many ways as possible benefits. You know.
0: Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing is just realizing that you can fix almost all of your weaknesses or or address and improve maybe not fix is a weird word you can improve all of your weaknesses sure. you can manage them better and and you can then make for a, a more balanced anything else because like before i was afraid to squat sometimes because of the imbalances left knee to right knee hip to hip back stuff i was afraid that if I would go too into squat training, something was inevitably going to get injured because in my younger to mid twenties, that's what happened as I got stronger on these lifts. So I was just kind of nervous that the imbalances in me and rightfully so I probably was right. But when you do the split hand push, when you do the bent press work, when you do all of these things, when you're doing neck bridges and the, the, the kneeling movements and all that, Next thing you know, why? Of course, you're able to squat. Why wouldn't you be able to squat?
1: Right. right. Well, you. And the thing is, you. This, this I notice with people. They don't. They don't like that I, I. have them train without a rack or without a bench, without a uprights on a bench. But, they start becoming more confident in their bodily ability. They become more athletic. They they go from having no sensation with their body at all, not being able to feel certain things, to now becoming very aware of their body and uh, i don't know it's just really interesting they they enjoy using their body and so they become more confident i mean if you approach anything worrying about like you're going to fall down that's horrible but when you're like ah this won't be a problem you don't even think about it you're so insecure with your movement that you know that you can adjust and deal with slipping sliding getting turned a little bit because you've done all this work it's it. very yeah. great book to be, you know and you're probably feeling that now you're probably feeling a lot more secure and it feels more manageable instead of being overwhelmed. Oh, I got to deal with this. Oh, I'm getting older. And this might be something that's going to go downhill as I get older. Nope. I can control it. I just got to figure out what I'm about. If I just listen, my body will tell me what it means. And if I do it, it'll come out. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm a very proactive person and I have a very address your weaknesses sort of mentality, but mm it's hard to see the forest for the trees when it comes to your weaknesses, Mm -hmm. dude. So, you know, yeah, I think I'm addressing it because I'm doing a little PT drill here and I'm doing a stretch there and I'm massaging here and I'm going to yoga and doing all that. But if it walks like a duck quacks, like a duck, it's a duck. And if you can't do a fucking pullover, whatever you're doing is not fixing that weakness. So if, if you, if you're so weak, you can't do these movements, something's wrong.
1: Well, I remember Bill Starr talked about that when you find a weakness, don't think you got to slap 50 pounds on your weakness in six weeks. He's like, as soon as you start working it and it gets better and you start getting better, you know, the and you put a you can just put 10 pounds on a weak lift, and all of a sudden a lot of stuff can change for you. Like, yeah. don't think you got to, because I think that's another thing is people think. I gotta gain all this strength. It's like, no, no, just, just don't write the story yet. Let the story reveal itself to you. Work the weak stuff. Get better. See what happens. Because sometimes you don't need to get a whole lot stronger to fix a whole bunch of, or even just whatever it is you're trying to fix. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. You gotta give it a chance. Yeah. You gotta enjoy enjoy
0: the healing and strengthening process as long as you're on that side of things if you right. are making any progress or any strides towards improvements on a weakness enjoy it because that yeah. that is the that is the invigorating empowering feeling i you're right people worry too much about the fact that they can't squat 400 but they can't even squat 150, right? They're worried about the fact that they can't squat 400 while not right, being right, able right. to squat 150.
1: Yeah, you start where you start and it doesn't matter where you start, it really doesn't matter where you finish. It just matters that you put the work in.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know
1: that sounds silly when you say it, but I, I've told people that and I'm like, but it's true, it doesn't matter where you start, and it doesn't matter where you finish, just start, get the work done <clears> and just keep picking away at it. And next thing you know, it might be 400 pounds. It might be 500 pounds. It really doesn't matter. But when you start getting the results, then you go, okay, this is where I'm at. I can either continue on trying to get stronger on this, or I can put it on put it on maintenance and go work on something else. But yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's uh, no one laid on their deathbed saying, I really I really wish I hadn't worked so hard on my weaknesses.
0: Right. You know? You know, and there are so many fighters that you hear and they avoid their injuries. They avoid their weaknesses. They avoid their problems. They, they grapple away from them. They strength train away from them. And then what happens? They eventually hang up the gloves because their, their problems became bigger and bigger and bigger. As soon as you do that,
1: man, it owns you. It owns you. It, it, it's got rent in your head, rent free in your head. You can't tell me that doesn't bother you. That doesn't nag at you that you don't know it's a time bomb ticking waiting coming for you because you're not dealing with it and anything you're not training is getting weaker yeah so you're just expediting the process you're saying hey how quickly can i get retired that's what you're saying that's what you're you're agreeing to that's what you're signing your name to that contract of i'm going to avoid what i need so i'm going to see how long i can last you know yeah
0: so let's, let's take this kind of a little specific in that elbow injuries are one of the most common things and elbow, lack of range, uh, issues, probably then pain when they go to do strength movements, elbow issues are huge in grappling. It's, it's just absolutely ah. insane. So are you talking extension or flexion? Well, I would say they would say that it's their inability to extend But they probably have some issues in flexion, and the pain probably is different person to person as to whether or not it affects their presses or their pulls, but it affects something. And they would say, every grappler loves to show you their arm, and they're like, I can only bend it to here. You know, that's like something a lot of, a lot of fighters show you their elbows and show you where it can only bend to. And then they tell you they have the nerve damage, they have the, the strength issues, and they don't do anything about it. They're not in the process of healing, they're not in the process of strengthening, right? Oh, huh, yeah. That's very common.
1: Well, I, I guess neck bridges and one arm hangs from the bar would be the first thing I'd, I'd recommend.
0: Right you know, now, now how would basic. neck bridges affect that?
1: Again, I'm I'm going on everyone's posture. Number one, being leaned over, probably if they do work out, they bench shoulders. So leaned over shoulders, you're going to get compression of the nerves. Okay, it's that it it happens. Um, so neck bridges, you get them pulled back, um, plus. You're getting torqued all the time like that, right? Someone's trying to rip your head down, right? In grappling, right? right? Absolutely. So, so what's missing? You know, look at what what is here. Okay, so I'm saying full posture, from just lifestyle, and then getting getting crunched and ripped on. What's missing? A lot of this corrective stuff, balancing it out. So I'm going to say neck bridges.
0: So a here's place to start. this is my question with
1: neck bridges does that make sense or does that sound like crap
0: no it sounds it's it completely makes sense i didn't ask why it helped because i didn't think it helped um but i was just you know saying it because somebody might hear it well what does neck bridges have to do with my elbow you know um and and yeah i mean honestly to to be completely honest i am of the idea that everything has root in the spine I don't like the idea that our feet are our rooting. I like the idea of our spine being our rooting because chop off my feet, I'm still me, bro. You know? So, so the one thing that doesn't change is that I am always my spine and everything has a communication somewhere along from the top of my head down to my pelvic floor. There is some sort of communication going on from everything else in the body. And then your structure is pretty simple. It lines up with what? Your posture. Your structure being your arms and your legs. They line up with your posture of your spine. So if you have a posture, a a, a posture can inhibit anything in your structure. Because, you know, so of course, if you have an elbow issue, there's probably something going on in the shoulder uh joint and something going on somewhere in the spine so and if people are hunched more forward then they probably need to open up that's how i'm reverse engineering what you're saying and that's kind of how i think now you know it's go not ahead, that go we talk about it
1: much it's just i try to be aware of uh, sometimes we throw around words and, and people kind of go yeah yeah i know what that means and, and just in case you know where i'm coming from when i say posture from what i've been taught and i've not left this definition because it it seems to make a lot of sense but good posture is when your body exerts the least amount of energy against gravity that's good posture yeah that to me has always made the most sense of explaining that there's a way for us to stand that we're exerting the least amount of energy to do and yes that to me is good posture in case anyone listening is going Well, posture, what do you mean by posture? Everyone uses that word, but what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means to me. And I hope that helps someone. Hope it makes sense. Um, And I guess the third thing I was going to mention in exercise is um, tricep extension. But you got to let the weight come down and pull your elbow over. Mm. Like really get a stretch at the bottom. One-handed. Yes, one handed. And, and your hands
0: crossing, crossing the center line. Does your hand go across to the opposite mine side does. of the body? Yeah, yeah. My,
1: mine mine kind of, well, my elbow does more than my hand. My elbow kind of crosses over. God, as you I come flexor. down. Yeah, I can't do it because I've got all this stuff on right now. But yeah. Um, so, but if you use that, so if you think about one arm hangs, doing the overhead tricep extensions, really focusing on the stretch, let it, and don't worry about rep one, rep five, whatever. Just do your reps and just let the weight go down. And, and you, when your body's ready, your body will let you go lower and you'll feel it. Don't force it, it's not what it's about. You wanna be forced, go wrestle with someone, go grapple with someone, they can force you all day long. But let the weight just pull you down gently. And when it's ready, it'll drop on you. And do reps, do, it's not about weight. Do 20 reps, 30 reps, really force a bunch of blood in air get that shoulder arm movement so between that and neck bridges those three probably could help i don't know if it'll fix but i don't think it could hurt
0: right because now if i'm running into pain let's say i go to do that would you say find a more comfortable starting position and then maybe stop when you feel pain or or lighter weight what would you say stop when you feel pain and just try to
1: do it do it Do a top start. So start with the weight overhead. Don't start from the bottom, like a deadlift, but start Mm -hmm. from the top, lower it down, and just feel it out. Let it tell you where it wants to go. Your body will tell you where it wants to go. And it may change as the sets go on, as workouts go on, and you get a little stronger at it, and your body becomes accustomed to it. Because sometimes we need time. Just because you can't do it today, today doesn't mean never. It just means not now, not yet. Maybe you're not ready So do what you need to do to not hurt yourself further. That's it. Just be your own best friend. Work with yourself. Don't fight yourself. If my elbow wants to
0: flare, then you just allow it until it no longer wants to. You allow the the things that don't look right necessarily.
1: Yeah. Just go by feel. Like I close my eyes. I just close my eyes. into it. I don't even look because I don't want to, I don't want to think, oh, I got to do this. I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm gonna keep doing what feels better. I'm just gonna keep lowering it where it feels better. And I'll film it so I can see it, but I don't wanna look at a mirror, I just wanna feel it. Because ultimately right. it doesn't matter what it looks like, ultimately it matters what it feels
3: like,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know.
0: This is an interesting breeds. question about neck bridges. Sure. When I'm doing a neck bridge, I think about this sometimes. Do I want to go with the position or do I want to have a reverse intention of energy, almost like adding frontline contraction and energy to a bridged position? What's going to give me the support and what's going to balance out the nature of life? Because even though I'm in a hunched forward posture, the back line of my energy is what's resisting that. So sometimes I wonder if I should do the opposite, which would be positionally open up the front, but then add like a little bit of energy to the front line. Does that make sense? Like almost crunch into the opened position. Or am I overthinking it? I think I know what you're saying. Um, Since you're going
1: to talk like this, I'm going to talk like this. Yes. Uh, so I know that uh, in uh, Qigong um, I remember I read a book by a practitioner of Qigong but he was also trained in traditional Western medicine and so at the same time he was going to medical school on the weekends he was heading out up to the mountains to learn from the Qigong master. and part of the initiation when he finally makes it to being an apprentice pretty much takes a club, sneaks up behind you and thumps you on that spot on your head you know and it's it's uh it's not the dan tan um i forget the energy spot but i always feel that energy when i'm doing neck bridges and i'm aiming to stimulate that energy spot when i'm doing my neck bridge that's a little more esoteric yeah no okay i don't normally talk about it but i am looking to so if i have to open and crunch everything the backside of me to get that energy spot i'll do it okay but sometimes when I'm done it almost feels like I have fingers under my scalp in that area moving. It just feels stimulated in that area that spawn that she spot. Wow
0: that, that, that makes you? that that definitely makes sense to me. yeah um, I guess it, it definitely makes sense and I imagine that that the answer generally would be. Um, it, it depends to a degree, but you probably don't want to just continue to force as much back contraction as you possibly can, or as much ab balancing as you possibly can. G- eventually, I, it's probably I like just that. a. I like
1: the full back contraction. Just I, back
0: contract into I, the thing.
1: I, I I will contract glutes all the way up to the back of my head. I will. I will okay it's not as active because I'm trying to touch my nose to the floor is the goal. And so as you roll forward and roll and try to get your nose into the floor, you can't help but contract everything anyway.
0: And that was a thought I had. Once you get towards the front of your head, you'll have to engage the front side of your body, but until then maybe prioritize getting to that position, which requires sort of, moving with the positional nature of it and contracting into it more? I
1: know I know that as I, as I know I'm getting to where I wanna be because not only is everything on the back part of me tightening up, but I'm feeling a huge openness on the front side of me. everything is just stretching out. Hip flexors, lower abdominal, everything's starting to really open up because it has to lengthen to allow the other side to shorten. You can't yeah. have one without the other get all
0: over it. Does that make sense? That that definitely yeah. does. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, uh, it's interesting how fully stretching something too. This is probably important to note that 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 you might be able to add some insight. Fully stretching something and fully shortening something helps the opposite, right? For instance, oh, yeah. if somebody if somebody is is open toed, there's a chance that that plie and fully open toed is is going to actually allow them to close off more than they yeah. could before, right? And and doing a doing a, a, a,
1: go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like when I'm doing, like when I mentioned the overhead of extension. I can tell, because some days are better than others. Some days you get more mobility out of the movement than others, more of a stretch. But I can tell that when my bicep starts cramping, I can tell I'm really getting deep into that end range of motion, that stretch. Okay? Right. Because the biceps and triceps are opposite to one another. So the only way I can really get a deep, deep tricep stretch, the bicep has to really, really, really shorten. It. It's that simple. You know? Does it
0: do it on its own or do you ever try to make it do it?
1: No, I don't, I don't ever want to get into that habit. Um, uh, to me, that's a false positive. Uh, and I don't I don't want to have a PCR test in my training at all. So um, I would rather I would rather let it happen rather than maybe I might second guess myself. Did I make that happen? Have I gotten into the habit of making it happen? Or am I really getting that mobility I want? Am I really getting that deep? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't want to set myself up that I might be lying to myself or deceiving myself or confusing myself. It's like, no, if it happens, it happens. It's great when it happens, but I don't have to have it to happen. There are days that you're just like, I've been shoveling and snow blowing for the past two days. So if I did it today, I probably couldn't get very deep. It would still be worth doing. It would still be productive. But because of how everything's all seized up right now from, I don't know, 16 to 18 hours in the past two days of this foolishness. my body's probably a little just not up to performing well, you know, right, so so I don't I don't force it, you know, some days are better than others and that's okay that's okay, you have to you have to go with the ebb and flow, you cannot consistently expect you to have the workout of your life every time you go and work out, that's not what it's about yeah yeah, you gotta be on your own
0: side, man, and and so when I, when I say that the idea of, you know, one thing, one full expression leads into the other, I would imagine that somebody that can get into the, the fullest expression of a bottom of a squat can probably stand up with a more balanced hip floor at the, at a standing position. I would imagine that if you can full neck bridge, you probably have a fuller and healthier expression of a forward fold. And I would imagine that if you can't open your elbow very far, you probably can't close it off as well too. Is that, is that a fair enough guess?
1: Well, I would say I, I might add to that if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: if I can't straighten that, okay? So if I can't straighten that or if I can't fully contract that trunk, that means I'm not getting the mobility in the biceps, the brachialis that I should be getting. Okay. And that means I'm spending too much time contracting from here to here. It's getting shorter and shorter, potentially. Right. You know what I mean? So this, because the body's going to adapt to the movement you give it, that you will put it in, that you allow it, whatever you however you want to look at. It. Your body just does what you tell it to do. It can't do, you can't get mad that your body won't do something you won't let it do. Right. That's unfair. You know.
0: It's it's interesting.
1: Was that, was that a good answer or was that bullshit?
0: No, uh, no, that that's a very good answer. And that that is probably what would happen inevitably there's going to be some sort of Chronic nonstop tension in that bicep for right. always being stuck in a short. You're never turned. You're never fully disengaging because it's never in a position to disengage. Right. You know, so may, I mean, maybe when you're asleep, and so what, I guess, I don't know, but no, no. See, I was just going to bring that up. Okay. So, so the thing is, and this is, this is
1: where, in my opinion, this is free opinion and worth every penny po- folks. If I'm out of whack, if there's part of my body that is too tight, and I don't address it, it's that way 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So where does arthritis really come from? Overuse injuries? It's because I think your body's trying to pull it back into position, and it can't yield. So it's pulling. It's tight. It's trying to get you back to where you belong, and you won't fix it. And it stays that way for a year, five years, 17 years, 28 years. Where do, does that not wear your joints out more than anything else we could do? Because it's all the time, right? Wake or sleep. So that elbow, that that elbow you're talking about, that not, that's tension on there all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. All the time. Right. So right. so was the was the arthritis because of the injury, or was the arthritis because you didn't fix the injury and you let it stay switched on? all the time all the time you want to burn out a light bulb faster keep it on all the time never shut it off you know right to me it's that simple
0: and it affects more than just that elbow and more than just that bicep and tricep it's all it's all connected so maybe maybe you have maybe you can do same wrist same shoulder movements but in some way everything that's connected affects everything it's an infinite chain of reactions if you really were to look at mechanically
1: yeah 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 yeah, you know. well think about it. I, I think people are just getting ready to go go to the grave anyway. I think people are just training to go to the casket. Because when we're young, we can we can bend this way, we can bend that, we can have stuff from behind our bodies. And then as we get older and we get injured, and next thing you know, we're closing in and we're shuffling and not moving our feet or picking our legs up much at all. And we're just ready for the casket. We're ready to be buried. You know, mm-hmm. we're just cutting off more movement as the decades go by.
0: That does, yeah, that, that makes sense. Maybe we should start burying people in different positions. <laughs> that, that's one idea, but until we do that, we better figure out how to fix this. Um, yeah, so it's not that big of a deal, folks. It's um, a barbell,
1: a couple of dumbbells, a few hundred pounds of plates. Yeah. You can do neck bridges during a commercial on a radio, on a podcast, on TV, and just just even just the mindful of, mindfulness of it. Because then let's say you're watching TV and you've been sitting on your couch and you, you go during the commercial and do neck bridges for, say, say you can easily do them now for 30 seconds. What's that going to do for the next five to 10 minutes? It's going to keep you more mindful of your posture that you yeah. wouldn't have been otherwise. So, you know, again, as the forest for all the trees. It's not just in of itself, but what it leads to afterwards, that mindfulness being aware.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, there's, there's two things I definitely want to talk about before we wrap up. One of them, let's just, let's just tackle the neck bridge in this manner, because this is a huge excuse that people have for not doing things. You ready? Well, I can't do it and it hurts and it's hard. So maybe one example sorts of, sort of shows you how you could, easily figure out your own damn ways to assist movements. What would you recommend if somebody finds it kind of painful, difficult, or maybe hard to bridge up all their body weight onto their head? What could they try? Like maybe a pillow under their head. If it's the surface that they're on is too difficult. If it's too much force, too much body weight, would you think that maybe doing it against a wall, what would be some options if you Just can't get into a neck bridge, bridge onto your shoulders at first, add pressure onto the back of the head. What what would you do? Um,
1: first things first, it is going to be uncomfortable because you have never done it, you're going to be going against years, if not decades, of never doing it. So, why you would expect it wouldn't be very uncomfortable, painful, because it doesn't matter if it's a neck bridge or anything, if you've always had a muscle to pull too far forward. And we now tell it to contract in a normal range of motion that it's never done. It's gonna cramp like a mother. I had a friend of mine, my best friend, we were training. And I was saying, well, show me a side chest pose. And that was the side chest pose. I'm like, no, no, put your shoulder back. He goes, I am. And I go, so I took his shoulder and I put it back and he started cramping like crazy. Because that muscle is always way too long. It's never gotten used to, to contracting.
0: His shoulder so, yeah, blade? Yeah.
1: The shoulder wow. blade, the trap, that that whole. Yeah. You know, now, this guy was a breakdancer. This guy can do spins on his head. Can do all kinds of crazy mobility stuff. But he had the tightest hamstrings I ever saw. Had all these weird um, mobility issues that didn't make any sense. Because I'm watching him do spins on his head. And I'm like, how do you have mobility issues? You can do spins on your head. But he's very good at just a few things. It was very, it taught me a big lesson about not assuming anyone. I start everyone from scratch, start them from zero, see what they can and can't do. I don't make any assumptions. I don't care who you are, but number one, just embrace that. It's not going to be comfortable. There's nothing. If you've never done it before, if you've never moved your body this way, why would you think it's going to be comfortable? It's not. So just number yeah. one, expect it. It's called growing pains, not growing comfort, right? So, Yeah, I find that uh, if someone's really recalcitrant uh, to doing it, then I will have them lean against the wall and try to slide down the wall, looking up and try to look back. And just keep sliding a little bit down the wall and try to look towards the ceiling and try to look back and back. And just hold it there, breathe for a few seconds, either come up or if you're ready, try to go a little lower and just play with it. And then every once in a while, once in a while, we'll say once a week, twice a week, go and test an actual neck bridge on the floor and see how that starts to feel. See if it feels any better. You know, But if you're going to get the full benefit of it, and I want all of you to get the full benefit of it, you're going to have to do the full movement. You know, don't talk yourself out of strength. Because right now you're saying you're strong enough, but you can't do a neck bridge. Does that sound like you're strong enough? No. Because that's a very basic move that little kids can do. Little kids can do easily. So that's not to shame anyone. I'm just trying to put it in their perspective. So shouldn't we be able to move in a way that little kids can move easily? So if you want the full benefit of that, you're going to have to do the full movement. You're going to have to work for it. But it will get comfortable. Listen, we all, like first, I don't know about you, but everyone else I've ever talked to, the first time you do squats, barbell squats, you're like, okay, I don't think I'm built for this. I think we all said that. It feels like death it is the worst thing you've ever felt in your life at that time. And they're like, oh, you're going to get used to it. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But you do. Yeah. So to me, it, it, but we so easily forget how horrible squats felt. And they're never going to feel that way again if you stay up with it, right? But it's the same thing with neck bridges. They're going to feel horrible, but they're going to get better. Everything yeah. gets better. Even a job you hate, the first day, it gets better, relatively speaking. You get used to it. You adapt to it. You know what's coming. It's the same thing with the next version. So there's all kinds of stuff you can invest your time into that aren't really worth it. I don't think anyone's going to invest their time in the learning bridges. who's going to say, what a waste of time, because there's so much to gain. Even, even if you stop grappling, just the, how it helps your posture from the hunched over, maybe being at a desk, driving for a living, being on our phones all the time, just how it can help keep that ribcage open and help you breathe. And there's all kinds of good benefits to it. So. And I'm not asking you to buy anything. I mean, if you need me to say, okay, buy my neck bridge program for $25.99, and I'm going to send you a little note that says, do your neck bridges, and that's it. If that's what you need from me, fine. Get a hold of me through Mike. I can. I'll take your money and I'll send you a little message saying do your <laughs> neck bridges because some people just need need to pay for something for it to be legit. But neck bridges, no special equipment. It's yeah. like doing 50 squats every time you go to go through a doorway. You know, do five 50 squats every time you go through a doorway. It's free. It's easy. Well, it can become easy, but it, it opens up your knees, quads, hip flexors, lower abs. What's well, not to love? you know? Right. Yeah. And it keeps you mindful of that. You have a body that you need to take care of.
0: Yeah. I, I also wanted to say that it's made me more, you know, cause I, it doesn't just affect my jujitsu. I have a strong yoga practice. I go to a studio. It's, it's made me a lot stronger and more mobile and it's made me in mobile in yoga poses in ways that yoga wasn't making me mobile. Right. So it actually, and I had a a very mobile yoga instructor tell me, you know, yoga maybe makes you a little more flexible in the beginning, but it's not as much about the flexibility as people think, and it doesn't make you as flexible as weight training can. So she said that weight, she believes that weight training can make you more flexible than yoga. That's not something the average person would, would just think, you know. So it's you're getting your mobility them. work.
1: It's good for them to acknowledge that. You know, there's, it's like, you know, bending over to touch your toes is good for you. But imagine if you did it with a weight on your back called a good morning. Right. What could that do? Because now you're, you're not only just – because when you do toe touch, you're kind of just hanging there. You're hanging your upper body, but with the the weight helping you come down, helping elongate you, and then you're coming up against that extra resistance. So you're not just increasing mobility, you're developing. If I just stretch and I get pushed into a position, I don't have any strength there. I have the ability to go to that extra range, but I don't have any strength. I don't have any awareness, any physical awareness of how to use that extra range of motion but with something like a good morning a good morning with 25 pound plates under the front of the feet now you're talking now that's a little spicy right there yeah but now you're lengthening and shorter Yin, yang. right yang. it's really awesome but you can get really flexible and really strong at the same time rather than saying no no this is my mobility training over here and over here is my my strength training why not do them together? They're meant to be together. You know, They're two sides of the same coin. When somebody collects a coin, do they cut it in half and keep the tails of the coin over here and the heads of the coin over here? No, they realize that, that it's the heads and tails are meant to be together. The coin would lose its value if you cut it in half. Yeah. Keep the value. You leave the coin with the heads and tails together. The same thing with what you and I are doing, man. It's
0: the same thing. I had another (laughs) yoga friend, or what were you gonna
1: say? No, no, I'm looking.
0: I had another yoga friend who just got into weightlifting for a handful of months and was saying that he never really understood his posterior chain, the backside of his body through yoga, the way that weightlifting allows you to work it, develop it. Because you're right, when you do a forward fold. I mean, gravity's pushing against the backside of your body, but unless you're really, I mean, it's hard to find ways to angle yourself where you can progress in strength on the backside of the body without weight. That is really tough. And it's so easy to do with weight training. And it's so counter, you know, it, it so balances out the nature of life, which is, you know, I that's think, huge.
1: Right. I've gotten people flexible in a ridiculously short amount of time, uh, mobile, um, and the weights is kind of like a cheat code, because all you got to do is do your reps, the weight will pull you down. Well, you know, with the split hand push and with other things, like just do the reps. Don't try to force it when your body's ready. You'll go down further. Just do reps, 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 and the weight just helps you along, you know? Instead of when, when I'm stretching and you're thinking about all oh, the pain in my, my hamstrings from trying to like bend over and touch my toes and so on, you know, that you're focused on the pain. But when you instead you have a weight, it's like a distraction. You have a weight on your back. You're just like, okay, rep one. All right, this is number two. And yeah, you hurt, but you're focusing on accounting, which is kind of like a meditation, accounting meditation. Because so you're doing three, four, 27, 30, 35, and you just keep going. So To me, it's like cheating because you get really mobile. Yes, it's temporary. It's only for maybe 10 minutes after that session, but next time you use a little more weight, maybe 5 pounds, maybe 10, do the same thing again. Now, the the effect lasts for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. and After a certain point of gaining strength, that mobility will stay with you permanently. Get up out of bed and, and do that mobility right up out of bed you just maintain that strength level you
0: know it's really that simple yeah well it's been uh it's been it's been good to analyze some of my weaknesses instead of just thinking things through the most traditional like regular strength training that i had been doing and it is nice to tackle these issues like even the, the latest thing we've been working on is dealing with potential hernias like that's something that we've been talking about. And it's so nice to feel like you're on the right side of these battles. The shift is immediate. The second you notice any improvement, the second you think what you're doing is working, you are a different person on the inside.
1: Yep. I remember, uh, um, Dennis Reno, who was a weightlifter for many decades and a big part of the weightlifting community here in New England and had a newsletter here for decades. And uh, I remember him talking to us after a meet one day and we were talking about injuries. He goes, everything heals, guys. Everything heals. The power of some guy in his 70s just telling you everything heals. It's like just put a wizard hat on him and give him a wand and have him go, everything heals. Because the power of someone who's been in the sport for decades We're not even trying to, we're just talking injuries, but he's just like, everything heals, guys. Everything heals. Like, the power of those words, because you trust someone who's been in the game forever, you know? um, I don't know. It's, it's, It's amazing, because it's true. Everything heals. And now I tell people, everything heals. Now they see me at 50 years old doing stuff that a lot of people half my age can't do. Everything heals, guys. Everything heals. Yeah, you got to do the work, but our body is designed to heal. Does our body ever stop trying to get a suntan whenever we go out in the sun? No. Your body always is trying to tan if you go out in the sun. Doesn't matter if you're eight, doesn't matter if you're 88. Your body is trying to adapt. It's trying to change, it's trying to adapt to that stress. Injury recovery, isn't it just strength training through an injury? Isn't that just a type of strength training? Of course it is. It's really weak right now because you funked it up somehow or it got funked up somehow, but it's just strength training. It's just on a different level, different mindset.
2: Right. But as soon as you
1: take that injury and say, time to get better, time to improve, you're taking control, you're no longer a victim. So what if it takes you a year to get back to where you were? No one ever, like I said earlier, no one lays on your deathbed. No one lays on their deathbed going, I wish I hadn't recovered from that injury. I wish I hadn't learned because the only time people learn louis simmons talked about this he's like the only time people listen or learn is when they've been stuck at a plateau forever or they're injured and they realize something's got to change yeah you know and it's too bad but it's, it's just how we are it's human it's the human condition you know but, there there are times that we could have acted and fixed something but we don't until we're forced to most of us that's
0: just how we are you know the, the last thing i want to bring up is the idea then of you've talked about how you probably have tendon completely missing, torn, whatever. You probably have like a couple things like that. You've mentioned a hernia or you mentioned something in your shoulder that, that, you know, you probably, I don't,
1: I probably don't even have, I probably don't even have labrums anymore in my shoulders. Yeah.
0: Right. And when people use that as an excuse to not get better and not strengthen a joint or think that their only option is surgery you know what would you what would you tell them? What what maybe what sorts of things do you think you can rehab that the average person doesn't think you could without surgery? I guess. Well, I I
1: can tell you I, I don't know I don't think I told you this, but I got a friend of mine that uh, his daughter um, blew out an ACL senior year of high school and uh, blew out her ACL and then went on and hit PRs all over the place before the surgery because all her muscular musculature like her hamstring strength and her groin strength surrounded where those tendons go around the knee joint were so strong it didn't even affect her 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 knee felt normal she just heard a pop got examined oh you got a torn acl now she went and got the surgery but because she was so overdeveloped well quote unquote overdeveloped she didn't have any issues she still went and hit prs running and jumping which supposedly you can't do with an acl injury so mm. i i don't like being told no i don't think anyone does but um if there's a way to work around it if you if you really want the surgery yeah go get the surgery if you think that's best but do yourself a favor, like. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers ISBB pro, Tony Freeman. Uh, He was called the X-Man, he had this beautiful frame. And uh, he had torn a pec, but he waited five years to get that torn pec repaired, because he didn't really, he said, I waited until I found somebody I trusted and I really believed in. And that was powerful to me. Like most people say, that would have been the end of his career. He had the best time of his career by waiting for that doctor. And yeah, you could tell he had a slight gap here but it was nothing that kept him from being in the top five of the pro shows, you know. So he listened to what he knew was right for him. He wanted a doctor he believed in, that he trusted. And if that took him five years, then, well, he was going to wait five years. So, you know, you got to trust yourself. Talk to other people. See what, like, uh, I think Eddie Hall has decided not to get the, um, the bicep reattachment that, uh, that uh, the recommendations are not to get it done that it's not worth it and I I don't agree with that because I think if you have a chance to get everything repaired to structurally put stuff back together yeah I can I can drive and beef up my suspension so that I can only drive with three tires on my car but wouldn't I be better off having all four tires on my car right yeah so but it's Eddie Hall he can do whatever he wants Um, he's not looking for my approval I'll tell you that (laughs) So yeah, talk to other people about the surgery. And, it, and if it seems like it's, it's the thing to do and you're you're comfortable, it's your body. You know, your body, your choice. I believe in that 100%. So um, if you think that's the best option, do it. But also know there are ways of working around a lot of stuff. I blew up my knee with a 930 yoke, 930 pound yoke. I rehabbed the knee myself. Didn't even get it looked at. Didn't matter. It was what it was, whether I got a doctor to look at it or not. It is what it is. So I rehabbed myself and wound up picking up an 1100 pound yoke just to make sure I was fully recovered. (laughs) But it was, you know, so because I wanted to put it to bed once and for all. Like, well, do 950. I'm like, no, 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 not 950. No, no, let's try 1,000. All right, let's do 1100. I'm like, I want this to bed forever. I don't want to worry about it ever again. You know, I just trained. I figured out what muscles I needed, beefed up my adductors beefed up my hamstrings did everything i need to do so i don't even know what really got tore in my knee i just know i got dumped on my ass with 930 pounds it was a fun day Mm. but um the body recovers just work with it listen to what your body says if it's time for surgery get the surgery Just, just get someone you trust get someone other people trust you know yeah be your own advocate you know, I know some people would be alive today if they would have a, gotten a second opinion rather than just trusting the first doctor they came to. Some very dear people in my life, actually. If they would have gone to get a second opinion, they would still be alive today. No. But if you want to train around an injury, you can. I've helped people with multiple rotator cuff injuries. Number one guy, I think he had three rotator cuff injuries from benching. And he's not a hundred percent, but he's a lot better than he was. You know?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, if that doesn't motivate people to start doing something to work on the problems that everybody inevitably has uh, right. as an adult in this world there is something you can do to improve things that you were not improving and you were allowing to get worse you were becoming more and more imbalanced you were getting weaker and weaker and weaker and you were you know going from a hazard to a serious issue, to a, just a totally immobilizing situation. And that is not on the side of things that you wanna be. So just knowing that you can do that on a, that people can do that on ACL injuries, that you can do all sorts of things. If that's not empowering that people like, you know, you can manage things, potentially manage things like a hernia, like like nerve issues, like disc issues. It's it, like like one of the that there's this guy out there that's strong as shit that has a detached pack and he is still feeling like he's right. Superman. So, well,
1: it, it's interesting. I don't know if you ever watch any of Dr. Bo Hightower's videos. They're pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. The Cairo.
1: The percussionist Cairo. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because he talks about how you got to you got to treat the patient, not the MRI he's like, Man, there's a lot of people walking around with torn this and blown that. And they have no idea, they have no pain. How is that possible? You know, and he talked about that he's got a labrum tear in his hip that he never knew about. And it never bothered him until he knew about it. And now whenever he goes to squat, his hip starts hurting. And he knows it's complete bullshit. He knows it's psychosomatic. So you know, that's that's the that's the double edged sword of going in and getting checked out. I'm not saying don't, but I'm just saying know the game you're playing and if you're someone who's easily suggested if things are easily suggested to you because they might find other stuff that's never bothered you and all of a sudden you're freaked out about something because they found it on this but before then you were pain-free so you have to be careful about signing up for that show you know very true very very true i'd rather not know i'd rather not know like there's a there's a genetic condition that runs in my family that uh that my family wants me to get tested for because if you have it, you tend to die early. I'm like, I don't want to know. Why would I want to know? I don't want that hanging over my head. I ain't got shit. I'm fine. Leave me alone. You know. And thankfully, it's because I saw uh, I saw an interview, or maybe it was a documentary, regardless, with um, Arlo Guthrie, whose father was Woody Guthrie, country singer, and uh, father died of Parkinson's. And they developed a test to develop parking uh to detect parking and i was like nope don't want it why not he goes if i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it i don't need a test nope don't want that hanging over my head and i'm so thankful for that documentary because it made me go if i'm ever in that boat i don't want to know i just want to live my life man you know and if i die i die but i want to die how can you not live your life differently if you feel like you got a death sentence? I mean, we all got a death sentence, but you don't want
0: to play. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I'm right there with you on that, dude. There's a lot of stuff. I think I probably have X, Y, and Z. I don't want to know how bad it is. I don't know what it is. I I have people that maybe been like, you probably have this, or it seems like you have this people who kind of know, but I'm like, I definitely don't want an MRI. I definitely don't want to know unless I need to get, unless I don't have any other options, you know, I'm good.
1: Yeah. If it's it's immediately life-threatening, I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But
1: to anyone who's got an injury, I can tell you the number one thing that I do. uh, I try to to move more normally every day. When I had the knee injury, I just try to move a little more normally every day. And I would focus on that every step I took. And that right there helps you heal fast.
0: That's what animals do.
1: Yeah, they do. Yep. Yep, you're right. So, yeah. You get a lot of options with an injury, man. You can get so strong, it doesn't bother you anymore. You can have everything compensate all around the shoulder joint by building up the pecs building up the teres minor, building up the teres major, building uh, subscapularis, building up everything around that shoulder, but you're going to have a torn supraspinatus, and it's just not going to affect you as much, or if at all, you know, if you build it up strong enough, your body, that's why we have all these different muscles rather than just one muscle for this, okay, that's why we have all these different muscles, to help compensate in case one gets hurt, in case one loses nerve conduction, you know, so, believe me folks there are options again it's going to come back to getting really strong which is what we've been talking about
0: you know do the strength training you know yes well uh strongman archaeology on instagram where else can people find you
1: uh i'm now on mewe.com as strongman archaeology and strongman archaeology on daily Motion. Perfect. So it's a video, it's a video platform an alternative to uh, the tube. Yeah. After I got another copyright hit on a video from five or six years ago, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. My rule is if you don't catch me in 30 days, it should be fine. But you, (laughs) you got to wait six years before you catch on to something. I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't plus, plus the comments. I just don't need the harassment in the comments.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, no,
1: but this was great, man. I'm glad we get to talk and catch up. It's great to see. It's great to see you experimenting with this stuff. And and, uh, I think it's allowing you to express more of who you are and how you want to be, you know, and by getting your body on a better path than than what it was. It's allowing you to become more of what you want to be, Yeah, you know. And that sure. always makes you feel better. You know, nobody, you, nobody gets depressed going, oh, i have been doing the work and I, I can do more than I've ever done before. You know, that's just, that's not something you get depressed about. It's um, making me a better trainer. It? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine. Does it help with shoveling?
0: Snow yeah, removal? Oh, a million percent. Oh, yeah. Snow removal has been so, this is the easiest snow removal season on my body for sure. Anything specific you've noticed? I'm just curious. I don't notice any sort of acute. I think I just am more well-rounded in how I load the weight. My back doesn't get exhausted. I don't feel any acute wear and tear. I think it synergizes very well with the yoga, but as this practice gets better, it will offer pretty much all of the strength benefits that the yoga would. So, you know, but but the, the synergy of the two for me makes it where I am my endurance, my muscular endurance and the, the fatigue and all of that, it just is not there. I don't get fatigued anywhere specifically from anything. Grappling, blue collar work, whereas before my back would probably be screaming uh, during snow removal at some point. We had a real wet snow one time that was just every shelf. It was just a, a bitch to push. I mean, you know, and, and, and it wasn't a problem. It was just tough work. That was all.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, nothing, nothing beats when you're in good fighting shape for those things. Nothing beats it. Yeah, you know. No, it's, it's Yeah, was it uh, Dr. Michael Colgan one time said? Uh, nothing tastes as good as lean and mean feels. You know. It was diet. It was kind of a diet advice. It's the same thing. You know, it's, it's the same idea. Of when you're when you're fit, when you're ready to go, and, and life can throw whatever at you it's, it's it's the best you know and it's just being prepared you know for sure yeah for sure but thanks for having me on it's yep. great like i said it's great to catch up with you great to see how you're doing
0: yeah i'll send you some videos in the next couple of days too maybe i'll maybe i'll do like a pullover video
1: I don't know. you sure? Cause I thought for sure you, I thought you were going to leave the podcast right in the middle and start doing overhead tricep extensions. It's yeah, like a light bulb. I,
0: I, You oh. know, when we get done, I have a dumbbell. Oh. I'm going to go do it. I'm, I've been <laughs> adjusting my posture the whole time. <laughs> and I've been thinking about the tricep. I swear to you, uh, been, I'm going to yeah, do it when we're done and neck oh, bridges. Yeah. That's already my yeah. mind's gone there yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before I go yeah. to the grocery yeah. the store. Bridges. I'm doing neck oh, bridges yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and, yeah. and tricep oh. extensions. Well, superset <laughs> them, do some neck
1: bridges and then do the triceps. Oh, do well. neck bridges and the triceps and see if they help feed each other. Cause they may. Okay. it's you know.
0: perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: this, this is, this is how Mike and I talk all the time, folks, just in case you, uh, <laughs> in case you're wondering.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of your evening and we'll talk soon thanks. and keep in we'll touch we'll as look. usual. So,
1: all right. Thanks everyone. Thank you. And we're in the record.